going to begin in Raleigh, where the North Carolina NAACP and Common Cause filed a federal court challenge yesterday to the new legislative district maps drawn by Republicans earlier this year. By all accounts, those lines are drawn to benefit GOP candidates as much as possible. That's called partisan gerrymandering, and both state and federal courts are letting that slide for now. This lawsuit also claims that the lines are drawn to disadvantage black voters by deliberately placing black communities into majority white districts. That's called racial gerrymandering, which is unconstitutional. They just have to prove that in court. Whatever the outcome, this lawsuit will not impact the 2024 elections that are coming up. Plaintiffs are asking for the lines to be redrawn ahead of the following election in 2026. Meanwhile, it's now been about three weeks since December 1st when North Carolina officially expanded Medicaid access to about 600,000 more residents. Sign-up numbers are now starting to come in. NNO reports about 280,000 of those residents have enrolled in the last three weeks, many of them upgrading from a previous program that offered only limited benefits. Elsewhere in state news, Governor Roy Cooper has appointed a pair of Chapel Hill residents to the Governor's Advisory Council on Environmental Justice, Justin Flores and Dr. James H. Johnson. Flores is vice president of the Farm Labor Organizing Committee. Johnson is a professor of entrepreneurship at UNC and director of the university's Urban Investment Strategies Center. As we look ahead to the coming year, a lot of our attention is already focused on the 2024 election, not just the race for president, but also an open race for governor, as incumbent Roy Cooper is term limited. On the Democratic side, there are two high-profile candidates who have thrown their hats in the ring, State Attorney General Josh Stein and former State Supreme Court Justice Mike Morgan. But a new survey from public policy polling finds the primary race is not competitive right now. Stein currently has 56 percent of the vote among North Carolina Democrats, while Morgan is a far distant and second with just 5%. PPP director Tom Jensen broke down that number with me in our conversation on Monday. Mike Morgan certainly on paper is a serious candidate and has made a lot of good contributions to the state over the years, but he's just not very well known. 82% of voters say they don't know enough about him to have an opinion. Did that difference between Stein and Morgan, did the degree of that surprise you at all? And and if Morgan ends up doing what it takes to increase his name recognition, is there time for him to get this race closer? I was surprised that it was as lopsided as it is. And one thing that was particularly interesting is where the race broke down among black voters. There's been some speculation that Josh Stein might be a little bit weaker with black voters and that that might give Mike Morgan a a sort of path to victory in the primary. But even there, Josh Stein got 49%, Mike Morgan only at 6%. If Mike Morgan can raise a lot of money, certainly could end up making this a more competitive race. But I think that's a big if because most of the Democratic power and fundraising establishment is pretty well unified behind Josh Stein. So it may be hard for Mike Morgan to break down a lot of those doors in terms of getting donors to support him. That's Tom Jensen there. You can listen back to the full conversation in the This Morning with Aaron Keck section of our website, chapelboro.com. Back locally, Orange County Animal Services has reported its second positive rabies test in the last two weeks, this one involving a rabid skunk, which was discovered last week Friday around the intersection of Coal Mill Road and Umstead Road near the Durham County line. That's the seventh rabies case of the year in Orange County, up slightly from four in each of the last two years. Animal officials are reminding everyone to keep their pets updated on their rabies vaccines. Meanwhile, in the schools, the Orange County School Board recently chose to delay a big decision, at least for now. Last Wednesday, the board elected to postpone a final decision on school redistricting to the spring, with the actual redistricting not coming until the fall of 2025. 
Finally, we head down to Chatham County, where the Northwood High School men's basketball team is off to a 5-0 start this season. Chargers have a good team on the court, but they've also got a secret weapon on the bench, an assistant coach that Tar Heel fans will know quite well. 97.9 on the Hills, Michael Coe has that story. The Northwood Chargers couldn't believe it. Their assistant coach was name-dropping NBA players as if he'd played alongside them. Steph Curry this, Draymond Green that. It simply wasn't possible. Northwood head coach Matthew Brown could only smile and feel old. The seven-footer teaching schemes to his players is a legend both in Brown's native Indiana and in North Carolina. Tyler Zeller. This is Zeller's third season working with the Chargers boys basketball team. The arrangement started by pure coincidence. A family friend from Zeller's days in Indiana introduced him to Northwood Athletic Director Cameron Vernon, who then introduced him to Brown. It started off, you know, the, him coming over, you know, maybe once a week. And then he started getting really, really involved. And um, going into like last year during our playoff run, he was, you know, on the bench the whole time. Um, he's at our practices now almost every day. And it's just been a true blessing. Brown now describes Zeller as the team's offensive coordinator, regularly drawing up plays and huddles. Zeller himself was more modest, telling 97.9 The Hill he's somewhere between a consultant and an assistant. Zeller said after years of constant traveling in pro basketball, he was ready to settle down in Pittsburgh and take on a lighter workload. I'm trying to be home more, be with my family. I got, like I said, three little ones. So um, I usually don't go to the, the away games in that way, just so I don't have to travel and get home. Uh, really late. Um, I can get them to bed and all that, as I wasn't able to do my last couple of years playing. Going almost straight from a playing career to being a coach, or sorry, consultant, has given Zeller a quality of been there, done that, which resonates with younger players dreaming of the league. After all, Zeller was named Indiana's Mr. Basketball in high school, earned the ACC Player of the Year in college, and was taken in the first round of the NBA draft. One particular Northwood player seems destined for bigger things. But before he can get to the pros, he's stopping in Chapel Hill. Senior wing Drake Powell has turned himself into a consensus five-star recruit and one of the top prospects in the country. The son of UNC alumni, he committed to the Tar Heels in September of 2022 and has only gotten better since. During Powell's recruitment, when he received offers from schools like NC State, Wake Forest, and Tennessee, Zeller had every opportunity to give the budding star a push in the light blue direction. But Zeller said he focused on the job at hand, molding Powell into the best player he could be, no matter where he ended up. I didn't feel like that was my place to do. Um, the Carolina coaches did a great job of recruiting him. Um, and convincing him to stay and uh, go to Carolina. But I feel like my job is to coach him and prepare him for that, not uh, influence his decision to go where I wanted him to go. Um, but in that case, it was, it was his decision, and I wanted to respect that. Now, with Powell committed, signed, and ready to take Chapel Hill by storm next season, Zeller is in a unique position. The former Tar Heel standout can both coach the Northwood version of Powell and prepare him for what's waiting in the Smith Center. Brown said he's seeing the benefits of this play out in real time. He's obviously a, a fantastic player right now, but with Coach Zeller giving him a little bit more insights of like what a high major Division I player would do or even like what an NBA player needs to start looking at while he is, you know, like he gives him that kind of insight 
and it just elevates his game. With Zeller's guidance, Powell has improved his scoring output every season at Northwood, going from 11 points per game as a freshman to 16 as a sophomore and 18 as a junior. In the first few games of his senior season, Powell is averaging more than 20 points per game, as well as posting career-best marks in rebounds, assists, and steals. It's successes like that which have Brown convinced a more permanent coaching role, at Northwood or elsewhere, is in Zeller's future. For Zeller's part, he said coaching is a possibility, as soon as his kids are a little older. Uh, I, I love to coach. I love being around basketball. Um, so having a role um, where I can be around the game, um, hopefully help kids grow and become better players, uh, is definitely something I would be interested in. Until then, Zeller is playing in UNC alumni games at the Smith Center, doing radio work with Jones Angel on the Tar Heel Sports Network, and doing his consultant work at Northwood. All before bedtime. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. 619, your time. Time now for sports. Brought to you this hour by Bold Commercial Real Estate. Carolina women's basketball came back from an early deficit to beat Oklahoma last night, 61-52 to at the Jumpman Invitational in Charlotte. Down seven late in the second quarter, the Tar Heels rallied back to tie it by halftime and then pulled away in the third. Alyssa Usby had another double-double, 15 points and 13 rebounds, but it was Deja Kelly who led the way in scoring with 21, giving her 1,500 for her career, and that came on a night when she was battling illness. After after the game, head coach Courtney Banghart. I'm sure you saw that she was throwing up at timeouts. You know, the kid is so tough. And, you know, I just, I needed her tonight. And I thought she and Alyssa both, you know, they, they know they didn't play well in the big game and the big games. And so uh, they needed this one. And um, they got to show who they were tonight. We're glad to get the win before the break. And um, we know a, a great uh, season's ahead for the uh, ACC. Tar Heel women now have 12 days off before their next game, New Year's Eve at home against Clemson. Tonight, the Carolina men take their turn also in Charlotte for a 9 p.m. matchup with 7th-ranked Oklahoma. Fifth time in the last six games, the Tar Heels have played a ranked opponent. First time that's ever happened in the regular season in UNC basketball history. Oklahoma is one of just four undefeated teams left in the nation, but UNC has never lost in three previous meetings with the Sooners. We've got the game for you right here on 97.9 The Hill starting at 7.30 with Countdown to Tip-Off. Elsewhere in sports, UNC men's golf coach Andrew DiPetetto has signed a new three-year contract after winning ACC Coach of the Year honors for the second straight season. He's only the fourth coach ever to do that in men's golf and the first from UNC. DiPetetto's Tar Heels are currently ranked number one in the nation. And speaking of great coaches, a former UNC tennis coach has just received a major posthumous honor. Don Skakel has been named to the 2024 class of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. He coached UNC men's tennis for 22 years in the 60s and 70s winning 18 ACC titles. Finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes got an impressive win last night, 6-3 over the league-leading Golden Knights. The Canes are back in action tomorrow on the road at Pittsburgh.